HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com, the official page for travel to the Napa Valley, America's legendary wine, food, arts, and wellness capital. For more information, visit www.VisitNapaValley.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. I am Laura Stanley. Uh, After eight months on the air, it is high time that Inside School Food caught up with the talented people at Food Corps. So today we're going to do just that. Uh, Food Corps was recently catapulted into the headlines when co-founder Deborah Eschmeyer was appointed to the post of Executive Director of Let's Move and Senior policy advisor for nutrition policy at the White House following the departure of Sam Cass. But those of us working every day in school food did not need that news to be reminded of the meaningful presence of Food Corps in the national conversation about how we're feeding our kids and educating them about food. Uh, Food Corps was founded in 2009 as a division of AmeriCorps with the same idea of giving bright and energetic young college graduates an opportunity to serve in areas of need. At the time, it seemed to many of us working in school food like a good idea that had been waiting to happen for a long time. Um, And maybe a lot of other people thought of it, but the young founding team uh, went in and actually did it. Uh, so today, some 200 Food Corps service members and fellows are working in 145 sites in 16 states and Washington, D.C. Uh, like Peace Corps and AmeriCorps posts, these positions are highly sought after. So Food Corps has been able to select remarkable people with bright futures as leaders in medicine, public health, social work, community farming, and yes, school food. So if you think you've got the right stuff for Food Corps, applications for the coming school year are due very soon, and we'll be hearing more about that shortly. 
But first, let me introduce today's guests. Um, we're going to begin the first half with Food Corps Communications Director Jerusha Klemperer. Um, after station break, I will be speaking with Food Corps Service Member Jessica Manley and Jenny Montague, who is the food service director that Jessica reports to in Kalispell, Montana. So good morning, Jerusha. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So, Jerusha, I remember your name from your pre-Food Corps days when you were an associate program director at Slow Food USA, and that's where you first got involved in school food through the Slow Food uh, Time for Lunch campaign. I think a lot of us will remember that. Um, And that helped mobilize thousands of people around the country to advocate for healthier school meals. And you've been with Food Corps since the beginning as one of six co-founders, so it's really an honor to have you with us today. Thanks so much. Yeah, Glad so did here. I Did I get the head count right? You're up to about 200 people now? That's right. So we've got 182 service members this year. Um, and then you mentioned our fellows. Those are statewide leads. We have one in each state for um, polity with D.C., and those are alums of our program who are now staff members with us uh, coordinating a team of service members in their state. Right, right. And they're, so they're not in every state. We're in 16 sites, but it's pretty pretty well spread across the country, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, that's important to us and has always been since we first started selecting where we were going to be is that we should, you know, be covering all of the different kinds of communities that are represented in this very diverse country. Right. And is every service member actually working in a school or in a school setting in some capacity? Yes, that's right. And so that's the... Um, of the basis of our program and and how we think it's the best way to make change is to be working in and around schools to help transform that school food environment. Right. So you launched in 2009. How much bigger are you now since you got started? Yeah, well, so our first class of service members was um, in schools and communities in the fall of 2011, Mm -hmm. and that was 50 service members that first year. So we've grown by different amounts every year, but it's a pretty fast um, trajectory, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty exciting. So when I say 2009, that actually goes back to a pilot era in the program, right? Well, 2009 was when we all, the six of us, started conversations about this program. We were incorporated um, as a nonprofit in 2010, mm-hmm. and then less than a year later, um, 50 service members uh, out on the ground. Right, so that's pretty fast. So when we get to our friends in Montana, they're, they're actually longer established than your other yeah. sites because Montana was your pilot site. Okay, great. So um, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to clarify that actually um, Mont- Food Corps in Montana was predated Food Corps as a national program, and it was right. actually one of a few inspirations to build a national program um, and then became part of Food Corps, the national program, a couple of years later. Okay, great. Who, who is your... I mean, maybe there isn't a typical recruit, but, you know, if like, who are you looking for? What do your recruits look like? Yeah. So we're looking for people who are passionate about children's health and are passionate about um, working in a hands-on way. So, um, you know, boots on the ground in schools with kids um, and people who either have, you know, we work in a bunch of different um, ways. And so we look for people who have wonderful experience already with kids um, teaching. We look for people who have wonderful experience growing, so that the school garden aspect of things, um, that they bring experience to that. We look for people who have experience in school food, who have Mm -hmm. experience in cooking in general. Um, 
people who have experience in community organizing. Um, so basically any and all of those things, but it's really that passion um, and that understanding um, of the fact that this is a complex um, issue. Um, that's, that's pretty much the unifying factor. Right, right. So, you know, you're, you're looking for a lot, and yet some, some of these folks are older and have acquired some experience. You ha- you've told me in the past that you've had, you even had a volunteer, I'm sorry, a for service member who uh, had been through culinary school already, but then you also get young people who are straight out of school, so it's kind of a range, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is, and when you talk to Jessica later, you'll hear she's someone who has tremendous experience mm-hmm. that she brought to the position. Right. So um, what are they actually, I, I know it varies from site to site, but you know, what are some of the things that a service member actually does on the job? Yeah. And that's, we always joke about what is a day in the life of a service <laughs> right. member? And it, it can look really different um, for each person, but I would say that um, we talk about the service that they do in terms of these three pillars or three buckets mm-hmm. um, of activity, right? So they are teaching kids about healthy food and where it comes from. So that means that a huge portion of their day is going to be in and around the school environment, in a classroom, in the cafeteria, in the school garden outside, you know, in the science room or the um, social studies room. Um, and the third, the second pillar we talk about as um, the hands-on engagement part. So the gardening lessons, the cooking lessons, the taste test, all of those things that get kids um, moving in and around food that help them see how it grows, see how it cooks. So our service members spend a lot of time, like, chopping vegetables or spend mm-hmm. a lot of time um, doing manual labor of building a school garden, of um, working with kids in the dirt, growing things, whether it's inside on a windowsill or outside in a raised bed. Um, and then they also spend a fair amount of time um, when it comes to, let's say, uh, our third pillar, which we call access. But that's really about um, making those connections with farmers and service directors to help increase the amount of um, local food that ends up into um, school meals, that a lot of that is like building relationships with farmers, building relationships with food service directors, um, um, calling together meetings where these people can um, talk and meet, like hosting gatherings of students to ask them what they would like to see in school lunch. Mm-hmm. So all of these different kinds of things that involve everything from, like, a meeting to being out in the field to being in the classroom with kids. Right. And I know that the um, Food Corps um, T-shirts on the back, it says, Get Your Hands Dirty. Um, and I guess that refers to the, the, you know, cutting up the vegetables and the gardening part of the job, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I said earlier, that unifying factor for service members, it's that can-do attitude and that willingness to jump in where need be and not be afraid of worms. I spend a lot of time with worms and dirt (laughs) and, um, you know, sticking your hands into a pile of compost, stuff like that. Right, right. So so you're not managing your entire network out of your national offices. You know, this is like AmeriCorps where there's a system that involves multiple program partners uh, at different sites. Can, you know, who are your program partners? I, I can't name mm-hmm. them all, obviously, but maybe give us a couple of examples. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what Foodcorn does is identify a host in each state, and that's basically an organization that really understands um, what farm to school, um, what school gardening, what food education looks like in their state mm-hmm. so that they can best choose who the local sites and partners are in the state. So our host sites, which is what we call it. There are host partners in these states do a ton of heavy lifting, and they are everyone from, um, you know, the University of Connecticut Agricultural Extension Mm -hmm. in Connecticut to 
the Food Project uh, in Massachusetts, a beloved nonprofit who a lot of people know, to the National Center for Appropriate Technology in Iowa, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how do these, or, so these organizations are directly responsible for their service members, um, and, but how do they interact with the schools where the service members are posted? Mm-hmm. Um, well, those hosts then go ahead and pick sort of smaller organizations or school districts um, throughout their state, and it's really on a day-to-day basis, those service members. So, for example, later we'll talk to Jessica and Jennifer, and Jennifer is um, the supervisor at the um, for Jessica at Kalispell's um, school district. Mm-hmm. So there is an example of where um, the National Center for Appropriate Technology in Montana chose the Kalispell school district as a place where they wanted to have um, service members. And then Jennifer is the supervisor there. So for our service member on the ground, that person, that supervisor is the person they have the most day-to-day contact with and who um, does a, a lot towards shaping their experience. Right. And and so it does it doesn't sound like a school district can just call your office and say, "Oh, I really want to get involved in food corp." Like how, the the districts that are involved, how did how did they get involved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they built a relationship then with um for example in Montana, the National Center for Appropriate Technology. So now is actually the time of year where um if a school or a school district or a, a nonprofit organization that works with schools um in a community if they're interested in connecting with Food Court, and Food Court is already in their state, and mm-hmm. that's an important one. So we're, um, as we said, in 16 states in Washington, D.C. So checking out that list of states and seeing, oh, wait, Food Court is in California. We're a small school district, or we're an organization in, school, in California, and we'd like to connect. Then getting in touch with the host site um, and saying, hey, we're interested, is the first way to get that conversation started. Right. And it's very easy to access that information on your website, as well as a whole lot more. There's a there's a map that shows the states where you're active. Um, and I imagine that you're growing. So if you're not in, in, you know, one of our audience member states, you may be at some point. You're still growing. Right. Good to mm-hmm. know. Okay. So looking ahead, you are recruiting now, which is very exciting. Um who are you looking for, and how does one apply? Great. So we are looking for, I always say that number one thing is passion. Um, people who are passionate about um, helping kids get healthy, people who are passionate um, about helping to ensure that all kids, regardless of income, class, race, geography, uh, have a real enduring connection with what we might call real Food. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for people who have experience in education, who have experience in growing food, who have experience in cooking, um, experience working in school districts. Um, and you can find out more about all of those things we're looking for or where you could um, apply to serve um, on our website. But a note about that, about where you're applying to serve, is that we're really interested um, in doing local recruitment. Mm-hmm. So it's really exciting to us if someone is like, oh, Food Court is in my town where I live, where I grew up, where I've gone to school, um, and I want to serve in that town. So um, applying to serve in your home community is really appealing to us, and we're um, always excited to see those kinds of applications. Um, But if you go to foodcore.org, 
um, you'll see a ton of information, as you said. Right. So anyone out there who's interested in applying or even just thinking about it, it's time to get to work. Uh, you will find links to everything you need to get started on um, today's Inside School Food show page or at foodcore.org, and that's foodcore with an S. Um, so, Jerusha, thank you. Um, we've been speaking with Jerusha Klemperer, who is Communications Director at the Not-for-Profit Food Corps and a co-founder. It's been great speaking with, with you, Jerusha, and good luck um, with your next crop of talented young service workers. Thanks so much. Okay, after station break, um, we are going to learn how Food Corps supports food service in Kalispell, Montana. It is a great story, so stay with us. You are, lear- you are listening to Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. Brought to you by VisitNapaValley.com. Welcome to the Napa Valley, North America's legendary wine and food capital, where the art of living well is defined and each season holds a story waiting to be discovered. Life feels slower here, lived at a place where tables are set with care, fine wine and food are created from the bounty of our own vineyards and gardens, and relationships with friends and family gathered around the table are somehow sweeter. When planning a trip to the Napa Valley, we invite you to visit the destination's official visitor website, visitnapavalley.com, or stop by Napa County's official visitor information center, located in downtown Napa, where our friendly and knowledgeable community ambassadors can assist you in creating your own legendary Napa Valley experiences. The Visitor Information Center is located at 600 Main Street, Napa, and is open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week, 360 days a year. Your invitation to experience the Napa Valley beckons. Take a deep breath, lose yourself in our quiet green and golden hills, renew your body and spirit, taste our legendary wines and cuisine, and experience the people who make this valley like no other in the world. For more information, go to visitnapavalley.com. Welcome back to Inside School Food. Today we are bringing you up to date on the progress that Food Corps is making in introducing their service members into school gardens, classrooms, cafeterias, and more. I think that a lot of listeners will have questions about how does this really work in a food service setting? You know, how how do you introduce an idealistic school food service beginner to people in settings where it can take years to learn the ropes? Uh, Our next guest 
Griffiths are here to tell us how they got the situation to work for them. Uh, they are Jenny Montague, who is the Food Service Director for Kalispell, Montana Public Schools, and Food Corps Service member Jessica Manley. So, Jenny and Jessica, good morning. Good morning. So, morning, uh, Laura. yeah, hi. So, a little bit about each of you. Um, Jenny Montague came, uh, caught the school nutrition bug soon after graduating college on a visit to schools in the small French town of Lozert. Um, and if you're a regular Inside School Food listener, you know how inspirational the food in French school cafeterias can be. Um, Jenny went on to study nutrition and sustainable food systems at Montana State in Bozeman, where she also earned certification as a registered dietitian. Um, And that's where she picked up a copy of Jan Poppendick's Free For All along the way. Um, And she said that's what sealed the deal for her. So Jenny returned to her hometown of Kalispell to to take the job. I I love that. (laughs) And she's been able to keep the program they're in the black, despite a lowish free reduced race uh, rate of less than fifty percent, and she's done this while ramping up local purchasing to thirty percent of her total food budget. Pretty impressive. Um, and Jessica Manley is in her second year with Food Corps in the Kalispell Public Schools, where she is expanding nutrition education and school garden programs and increasing procurement of healthy local foods for school meals. Jessica did not come to Food Corps fresh out of college. She got started in this kind of work as a volunteer for Ann Cooper at the School Lunch Initiative in Berkeley, California, and moved on from there to work in local food distribution in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, In Montana, Jessica is involved beyond the school district as a board member for Farm Hands, which is a Flathead Valley nonprofit that supports and promotes local agriculture. So, Jenny, let, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your program in Kalispell? Well, we are, um, we're a medium-sized district. We have 6,000 students. Um, we have a number of surrounding K-8 through eight schools that we contract with a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, some previously didn't have school lunch and um, Food Corps has actually helped us connect with them to, to create a program. Uh, we, like you said, our free and reduced rate, um, I just looked it up, it's actually 42%. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, a participation rate that is um, about in 50 to 60%. Right. And you've got, like many districts, a central kitchen serving your lower schools and then um, independent kitchens in your high schools. Is that right? Exactly. Yes, we have two high schools. Both have about 1,500 students, a middle school that has uh, 1,100, and then um, eight either K-5 or K-8 schools. Right. And how many staff members are you uh, directing right now? Oh, 50. 50. Okay, pretty big. Um, And so, Jessica, um, you know, we just heard from Jerusha about some of the many things that a food core service member can do, but of course it varies from place to place. In Kalispell, what does the job look like? Well, yes, so we we split our time uh, between working with the food service staff to build relationships with local farmers. Um, I do taste testing, purchasing, uh, helping to develop new recipes. Um, here, um, our 
our purchasing program is really strong. So um, I've kind of transitioned to spending more of my time focusing on the knowledge and the engagement pillars, which means that I'm teaching about nutrition, food systems, um, cooking classes, and also helping to get kids out in the gardens at their schools. Right. And, and, and you know, when you talk about the education and the tastings, that's all in support of participation. We should emphasize that. And, and Jenny, would you say that that kind of activity has helped you maintain or even boost participation as the um, regs have changed your menus? Absolutely. You know, when I first started um, and Food Corps hadn't really come on board with our district, I did sort of change the menu a lot and lost a few students as we eliminated, you know, some of the more processed items, you know, queso bueno cheese and um, pre-made pizza and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as Jessica, you know, and, and Katie, my food court service members, um, got on board, they sort of changed the the reputation of food service. So we were serving, you know, food that tasted good and was healthy and um, sort of, so we ramped that participation back up, and now we have, you know, surpassed where we were before. Right. So right. I think it's been a really, um, you know, a great change, um, and, you know, the way it, it should be. Yeah, yeah. But, but Jessica, it couldn't have been easy. I mean, you're, 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 uh, you're more mature than some food course service members, but you're still a beginner in school food, and you're still pretty young. You know, in you go. You're. What is it like getting started and like initiating relationships in a setting where you're working with people who've been in their jobs for some of them decades? Yeah, exactly. I think I think that a really important piece of that was was being aware of the fact that even though I didn't graduate from college last year, I'm I'm only a couple of years, a few years out of of school, mm-hmm. and um, I'm coming into a new community. Um, I have some pretty strong ideas about food, but I also, yeah, just being humble and being um, sensitive to both cultural and economic differences in this in this new community, and also just kind of learning the ropes. You know, the kitchen, it's it's not just um, a kind of ritualistic, habitual mm-hmm. uh, a place, but it's also um, each kitchen has its own kind of structure and hierarchy. So mm-hmm. just figuring out how I can be of help without making any more work and without getting in the way of, of staff that are on, you know, really tight uh, deadlines for, for prepping the food, uh, you know, so... Being very sensitive, I think, is something that didn't it didn't come naturally to me at the beginning. I came in with a lot of big ideas, but yeah. just kind of yeah, be, learning to be humble in in all that I do and right, in right. the district. Can, can you yeah. think of any kind of like oops, I screwed that up moments, and what you've done to kind of make up for it over time? <laughs> yeah, I always I always kind of think and kind of cringe about when I first started, not in, with Food Corps, but in in Berkeley doing some taste testing, and I I did a, a taste test in one of the elementary schools, and then I kind of left all of my dishes afterwards for the staff there Uh-oh. to clean up, and was like, thanks, have a great day, see you later, and I learned that that's a really quick way to burn some bridges. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I really want to. I want to support.
support the food service staff, and I want them to think of me as an ally. And um, so being really respectful of, of their time and doing my own dishes. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and I suppose there's lesson. a huge amount that they have to teach you before you can help them. So you need to be oh, open yeah. to that. Yeah. So, you know, you use the word humility, and I, th- I just think that's really important. Um, so, mm-hmm. you, you know, you said that there are things that you've specifically been able to do to support their work and make it easier. Can you mm-hmm. think of like a, a good example of something that you introduced and, and that they've been able to make their own since you, you did that? Sure. Um, we're working right now on actually developing a scratch-made pizza recipe. And um, so I, by doing the taste testing and by being kind of like an ambassador or a go-between be- between the kids, the food service staff, and, and Jenny as the food service director, um, I was able to get the kids' feedback on the recipes. Um, I organized a training with uh, a local chef at the regional hospital. He came and he did a, a scratch-made dough and uh, pizza sauce training with our with our bakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then developing that recipe, taste testing it again, um, talking to the staff about what they need as far as efficiency, what size it needs to be, does it need to be square, does it need to be round, and kind of it's an, it's a it's a kind of a, a nuanced process, but. Um, um, I think that that's a way that that can then become kind of a part of the of the everyday uh, menu. Um, right. So, so. I, I, I could see something like that going one of two ways. It could be perceived as extra work, like what? You want us to make pizza from scratch now? Or it could be, wow, we get to cook now and we've gotten this mm-hmm. cool chef to teach us and help professionalize. Mm-hmm. How do you spin it for them so that it's something that they can get excited about? Well, I don't even think that I have to spin it because I think that the bottom line is that they are in this job. You know, it's not for the big bucks. They're in this job because they care a lot about kids and um, they want them to eat healthy, delicious food. And so kind of maybe sometimes it's a bit of a process of like reminding them that even though it might be a bit more work at first, Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a much better product and it's going to be one that the kids are going to enjoy. So I can actually show them, if we do a taste test, um, I have the kids vote if they loved it, liked it, or they just tried it and Mm -hmm. can show that to them and see, look, you know, we have a hundred kids that said they absolutely love this new pizza. Wouldn't that be great if we could serve it? So yeah, kind of doing that groundwork, I think is is really helpful. And that sense of connection to the children, which I I guess is even more important in the central kitchen where the staff is seeing Mm -hmm. way less of kids than they are in your high school kitchens. Definitely, yeah. Our central kitchen is removed. Um, it's it's near the middle school, but it's not out of school site. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do projects like we have um, kids from the middle school come down and help us construct the garden, we're able to tour them through the kitchen. They can talk to the baker. They can say thank you. I have them clap for the cooks. And, yeah, nice. um, yeah, it's nice. a great way to make that connection. Yeah. So so Jenny, um, you, and both you and Jessica have, have told me that the the helping with procurement piece in Kalispell is not as large a role for um, the food corps um, service member, and yet they really have been supportive of some pretty exciting procurement innovations. Um, can you can you talk about you know anything in particular that has been transformative in that area? Absolutely. Well, I mean, initially, food corps you know initiated almost every local procurement um, you know new menu item that we brought on, mm-hmm. um, and they've sort of, we've worked them, them out of that piece just because now that local procurement is part of our regular routine, which, you know, it, it isn't extra work at this point, which is, you know, how it should, needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but initially, 
um, you know, they initiated, you know, Katie Wheeler was my first food court service member. Mm-hmm. Um, she helped broker, a, you know, a deal with a local meat processor. So all of our burgers, um, we serve local beef at this point, um, which is, you know, a huge part of our purchasing. Mm-hmm. We do serve a lot of burgers. It's a, it's a Montana product that we can serve year-round. Nice. Yeah. And one that kids love, of course. Um, so we worked back and forth, you know, with a year with the processor, um, trying to get them on board. You know, she did a lot of groundwork um, negotiating, you know, uh, pricing, and they had to purchase some new equipment in order to, um, you know, deliver cold to us and to create a smaller size patty, one that we could afford. And, um, yeah, I mean, so many, um, you know, relationships that they built right. that are now are just a part of our program. So a lot of logistics to, to making it happen. And, and Jessica, you told me that you, you've actually been able to reach out to farmers who don't even use email. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it really took that hands-on approach to, to bring them into the program. Definitely, yeah. It takes a lot of maybe phone calls or even direct face-to-face meetings at first that um, – you know, maybe Jenny, she has a huge job and wouldn't have necessarily time for, and so we can be of assistance that way, setting up the relationship so then it becomes part of the regular purchasing. Right, right. And and this is this is important to people where where you guys are are working. And there's there's a there's a you know you um, I think Jessica it was you who told me that um, there's a lot of local gardening there and that your staff members are pretty excited about local food. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how have you been able to sort of leverage that local pride of place um, to get people excited about what you're doing? Because, because it really, um, Jenny, you, you, you've done a lot of changes from the person who had the job before you, right? We have made a lot of changes Mm -hmm. and, uh, and our community has been really supportive um, and in large part because of, the approach that Food Corps has taken, yeah, um, you know, sort of garnering the we have you know local pride. Um, you know, Montana likes to see itself as sort of um, self-sufficient, and mm-hmm. uh, so this you know local food movement has really fit nicely into what is sometimes um, you know viewed as you know a more of a foodie. Um, upper class sort of movement um, mm-hmm. here in Montana. It's been, you know, we're supporting hardworking farmers, you know, creating a local, a strong local economy, um, and you know, it's been very unifying. Right. That that was the word you used when we spoke earlier. Was was, was unifying. Um, it's 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 kind of you know, politically speaking, this is a, this is a big tent, um, and so it's it's really neat that you can get people excited. This is not an environment where you can ask for extra money. There isn't any. Um, so it's it's uh, you know, PR is important, and I'd like to talk about that too because I know that um, Jessica, this is something that you really relish is calling the local papers. Um, to to get people talking about what's going on. And that's, again, a, a job that um, Jenny doesn't have ec- an extra person on staff to, to do. So, you know, where do you where do you fill in with that? Yeah, well, I think of a part of my service as celebrating the work that Jenny and the staff here are doing because, um, you know, they we all get kind of get in the day to day the the fast paced production and and kind of it becomes part of our routine but it i think 
getting the word out to the community, getting getting a garden build or or a training or the pizza training into the papers or, or onto the news is is really important for that that pride for for us, you know, in food service and also for the community to feel really good about what we're doing and what we're feeding our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's important. And also, like, in the cafeterias to create signage um, so the kids know, too, you know, uh, where their food is coming from, what farm, um, organizing either farm visits or or, uh, having farmers come into the classroom to kind of make that connection all around, I think. Yeah. celebrating our food system. Right. Yeah. You, you, you just mentioned classroom. Let's talk about that a little. I know that you are very active in the classroom and that you coordinate with other food corps service members in Montana on curriculum. Like, What, what do you do in the classroom mm-hmm. and how do you guys all collaborate so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time? Right. So w- with the great leadership of our, our state fellow, Kirsten Gerbach, we've created a, um, a state pilot curriculum, uh, a compilation of different lessons from uh, different edible education projects across the, the country. And um, so we have kind of a seasonal inquiry-based curriculum so we can connect kids to where their food comes from and get them asking questions about food systems and how food can nourish their bodies and nourish their communities. Um, so we, we share those lesson plans. We've developed that together as a state cohort. And mm-hmm. we also have snack facts, which we send out with our fresh fruit and vegetable program. We share those. They're kind of smart board slides or PowerPoint slides mm-hmm. that teachers can use to talk about nutrition while their kids are eating their snacks. Um, and we also do some cooperative purchasing um, with uh, the Western Montana Growers Co-op here and Mission Mountain Food Enterprise Center, which is the processor, um, through a USDA grant that they had. We we do a lot of cooperative purchasing for the school districts in, in Western Montana. That's great. And and that's all work that you get, you know, once you finish your term, your time of service, you get to pass that on to the service members who, who come after you. So it builds yeah. over time. That, that's pretty great. And, and, and you also told me that the um, classroom materials you are developing connect back to Common Core. So it's easy mm-hmm. for teachers to put that to work. Exactly. Yes. So that as we're kind of approaching teachers who maybe have not done any food, nutrition or gardening education before, we can say, you know, this is not just kind of a fun add on activity. This is actually a way that you can you can teach Common Core or science standards and um, work that into your overall curriculum strategy. Right. Right. And it's another way to connect kids to what they're seeing in the cafeteria so that they're more likely to reach for it and buy the school lunch. Exactly. And to get them moving around and outside and mm-hmm. talking and, and touching things, I think it's such a welcome reprieve from the sit in your desk and absorb information model that um, are, is in a lot of classrooms today. I, I'm glad you said that because one thing we haven't talked about is is the work in the garden. And I, I know that the Calispell schools had some gardens when you started, but you've been able to build that out. And I, I was especially excited to hear about the garden that you um, are building out of the central kitchen. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we're we're so excited about that. Um, Jenny and I um, actually are using the food service budget um, to. We have constructed a, a fairly large garden here at the Central Kitchen, where we will be growing a lot of our own produce for um, the school breakfast, lunch, and also the summer feeding program. Nice. Um, and we built that with the help of of the middle school students who are just up the road. The gym classes ran down uh, during each period and mm-hmm. helped us build it in shifts. Um, and then we're also excited to get our our 
food service staff here involved with uh, with the harvest and the, and the, the processing of, of those foods. That is so cool that you'll have people working in the central kitchen actually going out in the garden and interacting with, with the food there. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. story. I'm very excited for for you and for the whole network of uh, food court service members in Montana. So, um, Jessica and Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your story and your perspective on the Food Corps experience. It's been really great catching up with you. Um, We have been visiting with Jessica Manley, who is Food Service Director for Kalispell Public Schools in Montana, and Food Corps Service member Jessica... uh, Oh, wait, I put your name down the wrong way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We've been visiting with Jenny and Jessica. Sorry about that. Jenny is Food Service Director for Kalispell Public Schools, and Jessica is our Food Corps Service Member in Kalispell. Um, This is Inside School Food on the Heritage Radio Network. For more about Food Corps and applying to Food Corps, visit today's show page on InsideSchoolFood.com for resource links. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter, our Twitter feed, or our Facebook page. It really helps us to know who is listening. Um, Today's show will also be archived at heritageradionetwork.org. You can upload the show to your mobile device uh, via either site, that's iTunes or Stitcher, and take us with you. I am Laura Stanley. Next week, tune in to learn about the eye-opening findings in the latest report on school nutrition from the Food Resources and Action Center. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 